Welcome to the Alex Candy Podcast, powered by basketballnews.com. NBA free agency tips off Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Who better than Michael Scotto to help me break it down? You can follow him on Twitter at Mike A. Scotto. Does a fantastic job covering the NBA and breaking news for Hoops Hype. Mike, how you doing? Appreciate it, brother. Thank you. Um, my phone has been lighting up like Times Square on New Year's Eve. Um, but <laughs> it's been pretty, it, it's good. It's, it's a fun chaos, I would like to think, because you got all these dominoes that are falling. And I know we're going to get into a bunch of them now. But, you know, Alex, I mean, in a way, free agency's already uh, kind of started with the way some of these moves are being made to create cap space and whatnot. You can, you can see the dominoes are falling and the stars are aligning uh, for certain moves. So a lot of, it, it's certainly a fun time right now. So let's start with the trade that happened tonight that you're alluding to. We saw Nerlens Noel and Alec Burks trade to Detroit. So now New York has even more cap space as they pursue Jalen Brunson. But there's been other reports out there that this isn't just about Brunson, that they want to be aggressive and go after some other players too. There's been rumors about DeJounte Murray potentially being a target of the Knicks uh, with you know those multiple first round picks they acquired on draft night. When you look at New York, obviously Brunson is a player they're targeting. It seems like that's going to happen. Yeah. What other moves do you think are in store for the Knicks? You know, Alex, I would say this. I think the Knicks, first of all, they've been earnestly trying to clear that cap space uh, for Jalen Brunson to start, really going back to the draft. I mean, they had talked with multiple teams about trying to get rid of Alec Burks separately from Nerlens Noel. So you start with Alec Burks. They talked to the Cleveland Cavaliers. They talked to the Indiana Pacers. When Nerlens Noel, um, you know, they talked with the Los Angeles Clippers, as I had reported over the weekend. They had exploratory talks about moving him into Serge Ibaka's $9.7 million trade exception. Um, and then they find Detroit where they could take the both of them in. Obviously, that was uh, partly done to get Jalen Brunson there. Jalen Brunson has been their target. Um, and when you talk to other teams around the league, they're fascinated by how Jalen Brunson's price tag has exponentially risen. Uh, you know, it seemed like at one point during the playoffs, you know, you would hear stuff about, oh, he's going to go back to Dallas for $22 million or so a year. Maybe it would have been like um, almost four for 90 or something. And then, you know, the Knicks end up going to Dallas, a couple of people, and, and scouting that. And, scouting him in the playoffs. And then as the playoffs went on and Jalen Brunson performed well, uh, it, again, his stock just skyrocketed. And you started hearing talk about maybe four for a hundred. And now you're talking more than that. You're talking about maybe 27 and a half million a year, 28. Uh, that puts you in the $110 million range, you know, possibly more and that's the type of cap space that they created by trading Nerlens Noel and Alec Burks. Um, you, you mentioned about DeJounte Murray. It would take a boatload of draft picks um, to get a guy like DeJounte Murray. And I, I, I'm, I find it a little conflicting because my sense was from talking to people that the one of the a couple of things that the Knicks could offer obviously was more money, but the chance to be a starting point guard and to have the ball in his hands. If DeJounte Murray uh, rumors out there that, you know, they're popping out. That doesn't seem to jive with that for me, Alex, mm -hmm. because, you know, could theoretically you play the two in the backcourt? Sure. But you would then be reneging on a promise of, or at least, you know, the implication because, you know, no one talks 
before free agency starts, Alex. <laughs> um, you know, the, the implication that he would have an opportunity to start. And, you know, I, I joked um, with some of my Dallas Mavericks contacts and I said to them, find you someone that loves you uh, the way the Knicks love Jalen Brunson. And we all uh, had laughed about it, but uh, you know, I, I believe Mark Stein and Tim Cato and you know Tim McMahon, a lot of people around that Dallas area have said it. You know, there is a palpable buzz that you know the Knicks are really going all in on Jalen Brunson, and they they very well may get their man. Um, you know, obviously the CAA ties, you know, dating back to um, Leon Rose being. Uh, Jalen Brunson's agent, his dad, then hiring his dad's agent, uh, hiring his dad as a, an assistant coach. So you you have all these factors in, and I, you know when when people say like, oh well, they've got another move coming. It's like, well, Jalen Brunson's going to take up a lot of that cap space. So the other move there, you know, if you're trying to maybe make a trade or something, but a lot of their core is, is pretty young. I, I feel like quietly they're transitioning here to a, a different group. You know, Brunson being 26 um, is going to be entering the prime of his career. And, you know, you've got other guys on that team like Obi Toppin, RJ Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly. You, you've got a really young core there that they're going to have for the future going forward as long as they re-sign these guys. So, um I just think it's going to be interesting to see. I don't, I don't know how much more flexibility they're going to have after um, Brunson and, and what moves would be after that. I think the other thing you have to look for is, um, you know, that, that cap space factors in the cap hold for Mitchell Robinson. I think more people around the league are getting the sense that Mitchell Robinson is going to be back with the New York Knicks. The question is going to be at what price? You know, when I had previously talked to executives around the league, some thought maybe 12 million with a maximum of 15 million annually. I think that range is going to end up uh, holding true, um, depending on how many years Mitchell Robinson gets. And, and as of now, uh, seemingly coming from the New York Knicks. Steph Curry's record-breaking three-pointer, Jason Tatum's buzzer-beating alley-oop, John Morant's poster dunk, NBA Top Shot is where the greatest moments from NBA history are turned into officially licensed digital collectibles. NBA Top Shot has evolved trading cards and made it easier to buy, sell, and collect by removing the hassle of grading, shoeboxes, and shipping fees. You can buy or sell moments in a few clicks and access them at any time on your phone or computer. Your collection is always at your fingertips. Start collecting Top Shot moments in any way you want. Collect rookie moments from future stars like Evan Mobley and Cade Cunningham. Collect throwback moments from former NBA stars like Shaq and Allen Iverson. Or collect moments from your favorite team to gain access to exclusive perks. Grab your starter pack today and Top Shot will give you $20 back to start your collection and pick up some of your favorite moments in the marketplace. Go to about.nbatopshot.com slash bballnews and get in the game today. That's about.nbatopshot.com slash bballnews. I'm curious. We mentioned DeJounte Murray. That whole situation is so surprising to me because he wasn't someone that was being mentioned as a trade candidate. And then leading up to the draft, it kind of popped up that the Hawks and Spurs were talking about a possible deal now, you know, involving John Collins. Now there's been reports from Jake Fisher and others that, uh, it might not include John Collins. It might be Danilo Gallinari and multiple draft picks. Like, obviously, San Antonio is asking for a ton because Murray is an all-star player. He's young. But the fact that they're even considering moving him is really interesting to me. What are, your, what are you hearing about this DeJounte Murray situation? And do you think he 
starts next season on a different team. Well, Alex, first off, you hit the nail on the head. Some executives I've spoken to asked that same question that you did. Why is DeJounte Murray um, remotely available as a guy that's a mid-20-year-old all-star? Um, you know, I, I would say, Alex, that very, very quietly, DeJounte Murray um, was available if you asked about a year ago before he broke out and had this all-star season. And the price was kind of high then, not as high as it is now, certainly after an all-star campaign. Um, I think it makes you wonder a little bit, does San Antonio know something that the public does not, whether it's about uh, previous injuries he's had. Um, But ultimately, I just think it's them seeing how much they could squeeze the orange if it's worthwhile. They're eventually going to have to pay DeJounte Murray, and I think they realized the the potential offer this guy could command is going to be pretty steep. Um, are they ready to compete with him at that that time? I'm not sure. They just had a draft with three picks. They've got a lot of other young guys on that roster. Um, they also got to figure out, Alex, another guy to look at down the line too, Jakob Podol. Uh, Jakob Podol's got one more year on his deal, and then he's going to be eligible for free agency, and he's become uh, one of the better centers in the NBA, certainly, given his production last year. So they've got a lot of uh, decisions to make. And and I think, you know, Greg Popovich's timeline there is going to move the needle on that as well. Um, you know, Pop isn't going to want to be there and have a complete full rebuild teardown um, at this stage of his career and at his at his age at this point. Yeah, you know, when I first heard the Murray news, that was, that's where my mind went as well. Like, is there something more to the story that we don't know? Could he be unhappy? Then you have rumors that, you know, he and Trey Young want to play together. He was tweeting some stuff out that, you know, it made me wonder, like, is there more of the story? But then you look at it, he does turn 26 years old in September. They have 11 players on their roster that are 22 years old or younger. They used all three of their draft picks, which I know some executives felt they weren't going to do in this year's draft. So oh, they were trying to, they were trying to, yeah, they were a little they were having sure. a lot of conversations, but to have that many young guys, it makes you wonder, like, okay, are they pivoting and just, you know, building around this young core? And does DeJounte kind of fit in that same trajectory? So I'm curious. I think he might be the biggest guy to watch this offseason just because you look at the free agent class, there's not a ton of star power at the top. You know, Zach Levine, who we'll get to in a second, is kind of the only guy that's left uh, when you take out the player option guys. And uh, you have DeAndre Ayton too, but he's restricted. As far as like guys that are going to be meeting with multiple teams that are available, it's pretty much Zach Levine. And then do you see a guy like DeJounte Murray or someone like that get traded? I think that's why the Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant rumors were so interesting to everyone because it was like, oh, wow, we might actually have some buzz or something interesting this offseason. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the, you know, a lot of a lot in that pot of stew right there that you uh, just cooked up. But I mean, when you, <laughs> you know, when you talk about DeJounte Murray, I mean, I, I think it's caught people off guard a little bit. Um I think he's had fun with it. You know, a lot of people see him with the emojis and things like that. And that's DeJounte having fun with it. Um, Personally, as far as I know, like he was in New York and everybody went crazy. And it's like, you know, that that doesn't necessarily mean one thing or the other. But uh, emojis. I would do the same thing if I were an NBA player. I'd be tweeting out eye emojis. You thrive off it and, you, you, you know, you take the hype and you get more social media buzz and attention. It's kind of smart marketing. Um, the Kyrie Irving situation with Kevin Durant, I mean, certainly a fascinating one at that, but at the end of the day, um, you know, Alex, I wrote about this in November of 2021 on Hoops Hype. A lot of executives around the league, uh, you know, had trepidations about trading for a guy like Kyrie Irving. Um, you know, his reputation from Cleveland to Boston and now in Brooklyn, this is a guy that has missed time 
Uh, he missed some time, you know, took a leave of absence for a little bit. Um, you know, he's been injured. He didn't get uh, vaccinated. Uh, the, the Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant era has not gone the way that the Brooklyn Nets hoped. Um, their best shot to win a title was when they had the big three and Harden was there and they lost to Milwaukee. Um, unfortunately, Harden was dealing with a hamstring injury and Kyrie Irving, um, you know, landed on Giannis Antetokounmpo's foot and that changed some things. But, you know, Kyrie not being vaccinated was a major reason why James Harden wanted out. It went from the big three to the big two and a half, Alex. That was a major sticking point for Harden, who thought, you know, with the three of them, they could compete. And I think one day that's going to be like an ESPN 30-30 or like one of the greatest what-ifs. They were like 13 and three together. And it's kind of been the story of the entire Nets. They have all these star guys and they just can't get them on the floor. You know, you hope Ben Simmons is going to be able to come back next year. And, and you know, that's one of the reasons they got Ben Simmons was they felt with him, uh, they could kind of reset the clock a little bit. And it, and it wasn't on like a, a, you know, the biological clock wasn't ticking like Marissa Tomei and my cousin Vinny. You extend it a little bit um, with a younger Ben Simmons, even though he's a different player than Harden. Um you touched on Zach Levine. I think a lot of people around the league, I would say, whether it's rival executives, agents, you name it. Uh, the, the belief is that Zach Levine is going to end up staying with the Chicago Bulls. The question is going to be, you know, does he get the full five-year max, something close to it? Um, my sense is that you're talking about, you know, whether a guy's getting a trade kicker, a player option, semantics. At the end of the day, you know, Zach Levine, uh, most people do believe is going to stay with the Bulls. And, um, you know, they're going to be an interesting team to watch as well. I look for them to go after a backup big man with some of that mid-level exception money. Uh, you know, I know there's been a lot of Vucevic, Rudy Gobert talk, but at the end of the day, whether one of those two is your center or not, you need a backup big. They need that. And they need Pat Williams also to be the guy that they thought they were. They passed on a lot of trade uh, scenarios to this point involving Pat Williams. The management has had a lot of faith in this young man, and he, he's got to prove him right this year. It's a big year coming up for him and for Lonzo Ball to come back healthy. Yeah, you know, you mentioned the Kyrie stuff. Uh, I get why teams are, are concerned or hesitant to, you know, take him on. There was the report from Woj that the only team that kind of expressed interest in a sign and trade was the Lakers. Um, he obviously played 29 games last year, but over the last uh, seven seasons, he's averaged 51 or fewer games played since signing his $136 million deal with the Nets. He played only 47% of regular season games. So this isn't new. He's missed time with a hamstring injury, ankle, right shoulder, groin, right knee, quad, left hip back and left thigh. So, I mean, the guys missed a ton of time. As you mentioned, he had the unauthorized leave of absence and that doesn't even factor in some of the concerns about him in the locker room or some of the uh, issues that he might cause with the team or the distractions that he might present. So I get why teams are, are definitely concerned. Um, now I'm curious, we talked about Levine and some of the big names. It seems like we, we kind of know where all these guys are going. When you talk about Levine, uh, Brunson, Bradley Beal seems like he's opting in staying in Washington. Um, DeAndre Ayton might be the, the top guy then that we really are kind of wondering about. There were reports about Detroit and Atlanta kind of going after him. Now, some of that Detroit talk has kind of uh, fizzled yeah. out a bit uh, with their recent moves, especially now getting Noel and, and what they did on draft night. Um, 
where what's the market look like for DeAndre Ayton right now? Could you see him staying in Phoenix on a cheaper deal? Because uh, I think initially everyone thought, oh, they're not going to give him the max. So where is he going to go? Is it could this be a John Collins type situation where his free agency, his restricted free agency, kind of drags out, and maybe the Suns get him cheaper than expected? I think you hit the nail on the head a little bit that it could be like a John Collins scenario. I mean, look, I'll say this, Alex, DeAndre Ayton's camp has maintained that he is a max player. They have been banging the table for that for a long time, whether it's Phoenix or somewhere else. Where they're going to get it is interesting. I think, Alex, the way that they're going to have to get that, it would have to be through a sign-and-trade with the team. Now, there's there's plenty of teams out there that need a center. Um, you know, you look at Toronto, you know, Indiana's been the subject of Miles Turner trade rumors. I'm just stating teams in general. Yeah. Um, you know, I think for DeAndre, that's the way it's going to have to be. I don't think you know, necessarily the cap space teams, while they ha- they could maybe make a run, you know, you could make a case for San Antonio, um, you know, if they want to try to maybe trade Potal and go a little younger uh, with some of the guys that they have, it's, it's possible. But, um, you know, I, I always kept an eye on the Atlanta Hawks because I felt like Clint Capella would be an interesting piece to get back. Um, and this is my opinion um, that, you know, he played with Chris Paul. They've got a little bit of a connection there. You can get maybe some other pieces there from Atlanta. They've got tradable contracts. They've got wing guys uh, that you can put in that as well. So to me, that I think that's a, a team to certainly uh, keep an eye on. Detroit, I agree with you. Once I got Jalen Duran, I think, you know, some of the steam out of that calmed a little bit. Um, you know, I would be curious if Bill Duffy, who represents uh, both Miles Turner and DeAndre and Neiman Amaki and also represents DeAndre and as well. But Bill has the connection for both of those guys who have been in, you know, you've got Aiton in a situation where he's not getting the money he wants. And you got Miles Turner, who's been the subject of many trade rumors. Can maybe something happen there? You know, Aiton would be younger and fit Indiana's kind of rebuild, retool, whatever you want to call it. But you'd be paying him a lot more than Miles Turner and you'd be doing it for a longer time. Is that a position of need that they're going to want to pay for? Time will tell there. Um, I think, you know, certainly um, people talked about like the Charlotte Hornets looking for a center, but then they get Mark Williams out of Duke. Um, So where is it going to come from is going to be the big question. But I do think, Alex, ultimately it's got to be a, a sign and trade at this point. If I had to peg it as of, today, you know, a couple of days before free agency starts. This podcast is brought to you by Branded Bills, the best place online for premium headwear and apparel. Branded Bills has hundreds of designs available, including their popular state collection, where you can show your pride with hats, shirts, hoodies, and more for all 50 states. Are you a company looking to brand your business? Branded Bills also offers custom apparel options that can meet your brand standards with fast turnaround and shipping. To shop or learn more, visit brandedbills.com today. That's brandedbills.com. When you look at the other restricted free agents, guys like Anthony Simons, Miles Bridges, Colin Sexton, um, Hmm. you know, I know the Hornets or Mitch Kupchak came out and said that they're keeping Miles Bridges. Now they might just be saying that to kind of scare some teams off so that you don't get a big offer. We're not really sure, but um, what do you make of those free agents and, and what are you hearing on that front? Well, for miles, I mean, look, first of all, you've got to look at the trajectory of his, uh, point to get here. So they first offered him four years, $60 million in Charlotte. 
Well, now you might be getting having to pay double that. Yeah, possibly. Um, that's going to leave an impression in some ways. But in restricted free agency, yes, Mitch Kupchak and the Hornets uh, control things. But I think for Miles Bridges, what's interesting is you know Portland goes out and gets Jeremy Grant. Do you look at the Pacers? Do you look at um, you know the Pistons? Like where where can he potentially get the sheet? Where can he potentially do a, a sign and trade? That's to me where you're looking at uh, for him because I don't necessarily get the sense that Charlotte is just going to put it all out on the table for him. And when it comes to Anthony Simons, we touched on um, Anthony Simons. You know, I heard from four executives they're pegging him for somewhere in the four-year, $80 million-plus range, uh, and, and you're going up with incentives, possibly. Um, so I would look for that. And then you mentioned uh, one more guy. Who was it? Uh, Colin Sexton. I think he's so Colin, interesting with the injury history. Well, Colin, see, here's the other thing. So you've got now, um, you know, the Pistons were somewhat a team that could be possible for him, but then they get Jaden Ivey. Um, you know, that kind of changes the calculus a little bit there. Um, you know, the Knicks had at one point been linked to him. They pretty much are going for Jalen Brunson. Uh, the Wizards, with their point guard situation, you know, I had reported they have Tyus Jones on their free agency radar. But does Memphis, you know, try to re-sign him and bring him back? Do they pay him a little bit more maybe than they want to pay a backup point guard behind John Morant? You know, Washington, he would have a chance where he could start. Uh, but if he doesn't go there, then maybe that's an intriguing option for Colin Sexton. But, you know, dominoes would have to fall there because, you know, typically Washington's been a little, um, if they got two guys on the board, they're going to go with the cheaper one usually. So you have to factor that in. Um, his injury history doesn't help. If we know one thing from Rich Paul, he's not afraid to take a qualifying offer either and take a guy into unrestricted free agency the following season. Um it would be interesting to see how the pairing of him and Darius Garland would be again. We saw Darius become an all-star. Uh, does Colin Sexton come off the bench in kind of that Jordan Clarkson microwave role on certain teams, or does he start on others uh, if he ends up going elsewhere? I think that's going to be a really intriguing storyline as well, because I do think a lot of teams see him as that sixth-man microwave scorer kind of guy like a Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, I could see him coming back to Cleveland for one more year, prove you're healthy, you know, show what you can do, and then try to get paid next offseason. One team, we did a potential destinations article about Sexton, and one team that was thrown out there was uh, San Antonio because they've been interested in Sexton for several years, apparently. They've been a big fan of his. So he, I know it seems like they're kind of pivoting and going younger. He's a younger guy. I don't know if they, uh, I mean, they've also been interested in a number of restricted free agents in recent years. So maybe there's something there. I don't know, but that's more just speculation. I don't know if that's uh, going to happen or not. I'm not going to, I don't, to me, I don't see it with San Antonio just because of how many young rookies they got. First of yeah, all, they've got to figure out what they're doing with Lonnie Walker's uh, qualifying offer um, because they drafted several guys at his position. And you know, they got Blake Wesley there now. I'm kind of curious. That's a lot of guys. Yeah. I'm curious. Yeah. I, I think that would be a tough situation for him. Yeah. I think they just they've liked him in the past. So that's why they came to mind. But you're right. It probably doesn't make sense at this point in time. Thanks to Yerbe for sponsoring this episode. 
Yerbe is a naturally caffeinated energy drink that's made exclusively with recognizable plant-based ingredients. There's no sugar, calories, or sucralose, so you can feel great about what you're drinking. Get the energy you need without the jitters or crash. Check out yerbe.com for 10% off. That's yerbe.com for 10% off. We mentioned some of these guys as far as trade candidates go. Miles Turner, uh, John Collins, Malcolm Brogdon, D'Angelo Russell, OG Ananobi, Danilo Gallinari. There's been a lot of names that have been popping up recently. Draft night was very quiet on the trade front. It seemed like that we were going to get a handful of trades. Really, there was only a few in the first round, you know, regard, you know, most of them involving picks. We saw, you know, Kemba yeah. Walker, Danny Green, D'Anthony Melton on the move, but there wasn't any, you know, big name players moved uh, except for the day before with Jeremy Grant. Do yeah. you think we're going to see some some big trades? And, and what do you make of some of those names that we kind of just threw out there? I mean, Malcolm Brogdon first comes to mind as a guy that I, you know, once they got Tyrese Halliburton, um, everybody around the league was prepared for Malcolm Brogdon to find a new home over the offseason for them to really fully turn the keys to Tyrese Halliburton. Sure, they could play in the backcourt together, but not the ideal scenario. And Matt Brogdon being a veteran, um, more of a guy that's going to try to be a, a contributor on a playoff team. I'll say this. There were a lot of rumblings about the Washington Wizards, and I know some people threw out the 10th pick. I always said this. If, if Indiana could have got the 10th pick from Malcolm Brogdon, that deal would have been done a long time ago. Yeah. Um, so to me, I don't know if there's something else there, if he's like a fallback option for them, depending on what happens in free agency. But him not being moved surprised me. John Collins, you know, that's all about role and um, how many shots he's getting. You know, his, his role has decreased a little bit on that team. Uh, his efficiency has remained, but different role. Um, you know, I think they're sure Sacramento was certainly talked about a lot, but also like Portland, once they got Jeremy Grant, that took the power forward spot away from him there as well um, as even a potential possibility. So his market got hampered a little bit, I think. And it's going to be interesting to see what they can do now as far as a, a trade scenario there. Danilo Gallinari, a guy that similar to Danny Green. If he's going to get traded, you know, it's about working through, can you bump up the guarantee money from the 5 million? And he's got a lot of money that you could potentially play with um, mm -hmm. to make it worthwhile because then you're probably going to have to hold them, you know, for, for a little bit, unless you just wave them after. But uh, I don't know, at that point, then you might as well hold them, try to see if you can flip them again by the deadline uh, to whatever team he goes to. And there was one other guy you asked me about. Who was D'Angelo Russell? There was a report, I think, from Jake Fisher that he that no team has showed interest in Russell so far, which I think is pretty interesting. Uh, he's another one. OG and Obi. There's a few other names that have been uh, floated out there, uh, or any other guys you're hearing on the trade market. D'Angelo. I mean, the thing with D'Angelo is Tim Connolly and the Minnesota Timberwolves have to figure out what they're going to pay him or not, and I, I'm sure that some background on that has to do with where extension talks are or are not. Um, that, to me, is why I would see a guy like him being available. I thought D'Angelo was funny when he said he was going shopping. Um, because, you know, even from when I had D'Angelo when he was in Brooklyn, he always say, control what you can control. And I think, like, some of these players, you know, when they hear their names in trade talks, they laugh about it a little bit. Because for him, it's certainly been ever since his days with the Lakers. Um, yeah. You know, any other guys to keep an eye on on the trade market? I mean, those are the big guys right now. I, I mean, you know what? I might be forgetting a name or two, but 
Um, sometimes it's even the guys you don't see like that are going to get thrown into something. I mean, OG Ananobi, I guess, you know, he's a guy that has been talked about a lot, but, um, you know, they didn't trade him for the seventh pick. So at that point, um, you know, what can you, can you do at that point? And again, Alex, I mean, all this stuff is fluid. Like we're recording this right now. It's 1230 in the morning and I'm, you can hear my phone like beeping. So, you know, it's just constant, my man. Um, No, but that's why these situations are so interesting because there are players that we're not even thinking of right now that a week from now could be traded. Uh, The NBA is so unpredictable, which makes it so much fun. Uh, Last question for you. We talked about a lot of the big name players and trade candidates. Are there any other guys that, you know, you're interested in kind of just following their free agency? Um, I think this class, even though there's not a ton of star power at the top, there are a lot of guys that can be impact players on a playoff team or a contender. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of role players, guys that I'm interested in seeing. Like, you know, there's a, a Bruce Brown, Tyus Jones, Malik Monk. There's some interesting guys that have missed time, like TJ Warren, Victor Oladipo. We mentioned Colin Sexton, you know, some questionable guys that have been, that are younger, that have like kind of shown flashes, like, a Marvin Bagley, uh, yeah. Jalen Smith. There's a lot of interesting names in this those, class. Those those last two are good names, I think. Gary Payton the second is an interesting one for me. This is a guy that was an NBA nomad, and now he's found the role and a niche in the league. And um, you know, Kevon Looney's going to potentially double his salary um, on an average annual basis. Um, I think Alex, the thing that has caught my eye going into this free agency is the center market because there are a lot of them. And in musical chairs, someone's going to get caught without a chair. And I'm curious who that's going to be. Uh, you know, you look at the Orlando Magic, they draft Paolo Bancaro, uh, you know, my Paisan, um, what the Italians hope will be a better first overall pick than Andrea Bariani. Uh, it was not so good. Um, nah, just, I'm just being cheeky. He, was, he had a couple of decent years with Toronto, but, you know, the hope for Paolo Bancaro, you know, uh, is through the roof, certainly. But what does that mean for Mo Bamba in yeah. Orlando? You know, his uh, qualifying offer decision that they have to figure out whether they're going to make him a restricted free agency or not, uh, free agent or not. Nicholas Claxton, you know, some people put out, oh, maybe the Houston Rockets could be a fit for him. I didn't necessarily see that because they've got Alperen Shengun there. Um, and it probably is going to take close to, if not the full mid-level exception uh, for a non-taxpayer rate around 10 million or so to keep him a uh, really young guy with upside. So usually you see those guys get maybe a little bit more than their current production because they're going to grow into those contracts. Uh, Mitchell Robinson, we touched on. Yusuf Nurkic, I expect to stay in Portland um, and, and you know, get a decent salary there, depending on what they do with the rest of free agency. Obviously, DeAndre Ayton. Um, I'm trying to think if I'm forgetting anybody. You know, you got Montrez Harrell's situation is going to be interesting now. Um, given his legal situation at the moment. Um, I'm trying to think, you know, Kavan Looney, I touched on, he's going to get double the salary. Um, Andre Drummond, guy yeah. that, you know, played well for stretches in Brooklyn during the regular season. Um, looked like he kind of helped his value a little bit there. That's a lot of names, Alex, and I wouldn't be shocked if I'm, you know, missing another one or two um, from that pile. So that to me is one of the things I'm looking at when it comes to free agency. Uh, that center position for sure. Yeah, there's some interesting backups too, like Isaiah Hartenstein, Hassan Whiteside. Javier there it McGee. is. There there's you lot, go. Yeah, there's there's quite a few. I, you're right. I, there's a lot of centers this year, which is interesting. And it's I'm curious to see how the league values them too. Just kind of 
given how the NBA shifted and where the league is today. So plenty of centers. And I didn't even mention, you know, we talked about role players that can help a, a winning team. You know, you have Nick Batum, PJ Tucker, Thad Young, Otto Porter Jr., Patty Mills, uh, Gary Harris, the Martin twins. Like there's a lot of guys that, you know, even though they're not star level players, they could potentially help a team. Let's, let's bring that back a little slower though. Thaddeus Young. Okay. Toronto has interest in bringing him back. I've done that, a podcast on that. Who were some of the other guys you had said? Gary Harris is one. Otto Porter Jr. Um, PJ Tucker, who everyone's been talking does, about recently. Does Sean Marks finally get his man Otto Porter? <laughs> <laughs> finally. PJ Tucker, I mean, you know, this is a guy, full mid-level guy. You know, does he get it from Miami? Does he get it from Philly? For the three years? Yeah. That's the Jeez. biggest question right now. Yeah, he just keeps cashing checks. Uh, you know, at his age, it's pretty incredible. He's, I mean, he's still able to play at a high level too. Nick yeah. Batum, another one. Uh, speaking of cashing checks, Nick was a guy that executives had mentioned to me would be around ten million a year. So you're talking like maybe a two for twenty or three for thirty. Um, if I had to peg it right now, I would look at the Clippers for sure uh, with him going yeah. back there because um, they have his bird rights. I think it's early. Is it early bird rights? I'm not. You know, forgive me all the you know, the cap gurus out there, but it's some type of bird rights that they have on them. I have to look it up in my notes, but that's kind of the figure I had him at as well. Well, I appreciate you helping me break down this free agent class. Uh, always fun. I know, you know, your phone's going off like crazy and you're on very little sleep right now. So as yeah. always, appreciate your time. You got it, brother. Anytime. It was a pleasure. Everyone, make sure you guys are following Scotto here at Mike A. Scotto. He does a fantastic job breaking news, all the latest rumors, does a great job over at Hoopsype. So give him a follow. Uh, I'm also going to link to his Twitter in the description. So that makes it even easier to follow him. You have no excuse not to do it. Uh, if you guys want to hear more episodes of this podcast, check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. And until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>